Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Lapron America Project. This is our weekly motorsports podcast to keep you up to date with the world of racing. This podcast is made possible by our Patreon subscribers. If you have not yet joined, head over to patreon.com slash the Lapron America Project. We have five tiers and at each level there are different rewards for your support. Hi, my name is Tori Beaver at VictoriaBeave42 on Twitter. And I'm Dan Beaver at Fantasy Race. And we're a father-daughter team that's currently converting a school bus into an RV. In January, we will embark on a 10-month content-driven road trip around the country in search of the heart of auto racing. Uh, This weekend, we were both uh, stateside. (laughs) Lone Star stateside? I don't know. It feels weird. But uh, at home, covering the races from 103-degree heat and dying at the bars. Finally, motocross comes back this week with Unadilla for for the first of the final three rounds before going into the Super Motocross playoffs yes it's nice and hasn't been too difficult to find things to write about i'm pretty much doing more motorcycle racing on nbc than anything else and there's been enough there's been uh, some there's been some news that will come out at unadilla there's been a couple of stories that we just let sit around for a little while that we got to got to do now we Get to go racing again. Three weeks to close out this season. One off week and then the three-week playoffs. It's going to be an exciting couple of months here. Let's say there's news to come out at Unadilla. Do you mean there's something embargoed? No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, just um, the stuff that's in your notes. The Aaron Plessinger renewing for for next year. It's nice to see the Cowboy get a, get a ride. So he'll be at Red Bull KTM, and it's not sure who his teammate's going to be yet with Cooper Webb not returning, correct? Correct. Still haven't named uh, anybody there. So, yeah, we got a little ways to to go. It's going to be interesting to see who lands there. I I haven't heard anything about who's on their their radar screen. it's interesting. And then Justin Barsha returns for motocross for the final three rounds. He's currently seated 10th in the super motocross points, and he could have easily fallen as low as 13th or 14th if he did not get the chance to return. Uh, So that should solidify his position in, if not the top 10, close, depending on how he uh, competes against people on that bubble. But the people and the writers in like 11th or 13th are... 
yeah, he was in no, calibers. <laughs> he was in no danger of falling out. I think this is a chance to give him some rhythm before he gets into the playoffs. And he could improve by two two, positions. two positions. Okay. He's got Tomac ahead of him and Roxon ahead of him, both of whom won't be riding. But I think he's got to average something like a 12th place finish. Okay. Whatever it was, head to NBC. The article on Barsh is there. And I had actually figured out the numbers and put it into the, into that article. But even even at 80%, 90%, whatever he really thinks he is, and he, he admits that he's not quite 100%. You don't get that way until you start riding motos. Um, I think he's can easily get top 10s in, in all six motos. Uh, then one of the pieces that went up during uh, the, the end of this off period, Loretta Lynn break, um, is the first of four written by either Dan or myself. Uh, this one is written by Dan, and it is, uh, uh, do you want to talk about the Weech story? Looking at the how the upcoming Super Motocross World Championship is a watershed moment for both series. Had a long conversation with Weech at Washougal. And just now, and now, we're, this is starting to, to you know, filter into the production schedule. So, I we're going to talk about the the different what's happened with the production values now that Feld has taken over the pro motocross uh, at trackside production. There's an article coming up. Should be up, might be up by the time this this podcast is up. Should be up by the time the podcast is up. Solid chance. Takes me a minute to edit. (laughs) That will have uh, Carrie Coombs, the the president of Pro Motocross, talking about the changes. Then the guy who's heading the the production, Ken Adelson's interview will be up sometime next week. And we even got an interview with the drone operator when we were at Washougal. They've got a second drone this year, which is one of the innovations they brought with them. And they brought in a drone racer to be the second drone operator. So, some interesting things. Cool. Uh, so, last week in the world of NASCAR, we were they were at Michigan International Speedway. And the podcast streak of getting the winner each week officially came to an end, but in the most glorious fashion it could have. Um, in the final few laps, Chris Buescher was pulling away from Martin Truex Jr. Truex at one point came up for a crash. Truex was my second overall pick of the week. Behind these two was Denny Hamlin in third. And if anything happened between Buescher and uh, Truex, Dan would have gotten the win. Uh, so literally there was a moment in which like Dan could not lose (laughs) with what was happening up front. Either a guy, a a Texan wins in Christopher Busher, the streak stays alive with my win of Truex or those two crash each other out and Dan actually wins around for the first time in a while. And I didn't even realize this until looking over the spreadsheet right now. We had, we didn't have number one, but we did have two, three, and four. Yeah. So, That I swept the top ten for the second week in a row. And I didn't. And Dad did (laughs) not. Um, My average on last week was sixth overall, and that brought my uh, running cumulative average up to 7.6. Dan's was 21.75 because Chase Elliott heard him on the podcast. 
Uh, <laughs> Kyle Busch did too. And you so knew, did Kyle Busch. I knew it was going to be a long, a long day when they go, and the green flag is waved, and there goes Kyle Busch. Yeah. Um, where did Larson finish? Uh, where did Larson finish? Somewhere in the top ten. Um, oh, wait, he was fourth. So, wait. Where was Harvick? Oh, Harvick was eighth. Okay. Keselowski, that's who I that's who I screwed up. Where did your other guy was Keselowski? Yeah, Keselowski, and Keselowski was fourth. Okay. Oh, wait. No, you did not sweep the top ten. Sorry. Then something happened. Keselowski was 24th. No, he wasn't. Oh, that's road courses. Okay. Never I was mind. like, I'm, I'm positive that's wrong. <laughs> No, okay, because last was fourth. Yeah. So who am I looking for? Larson. Hamlin is eighth, but so you Larson, said Larson fifth. Okay. Larson's the one top five driver that the other top five driver we didn't get. So. Got it. Um, and I'm pretty sure you were talking about like the way that you've talked about Larson and Bush from week to week. You kind of like flip them, and the exact opposite happens for them. <laughs> this this is why I've always come up with alternative ways to track my picks i'm a jinx yeah. whoever i decide is going to is the number one pick I'll, I'll tell you right now unless you've got strong feelings that make you agree with me just ignore Go that with Tori's guy. picks I mean, it's also <laughs> historic i mean the data's there yes the four race history that we have my xfinity picks last summer your were Xfinity, just as good. Your Xfinity fantasy picks were just as good. Uh, I don't know how to stop that from my computer without it not picking up. Actually, yes, I do. Okay. Okay, there we go. Because <sighs> I do hate those. Okay. So, this week, we enter our first of two road courses in a row as the NASCAR Cup Series uh, races on the Indy road course for the third time in its history. And then next weekend will be Watkins Glen. And this race, everyone decided to bring out a ringer. I don't know why. Maybe they saw what worked well at, <laughs> for Trackhouse at Chicago. Shane Van Gisbergen will be back with Trackhouse Racing uh, after his win at the Chicago Street Course. And his, and uh, the, 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 the books caught on. <laughs> they did. Um... You're not going to get that 51. I think uh, that's what he was at Chicago Street Course, something like 51 to 51 to, to 51 to 1 for, uh, sorry. I'm that also now there. looking back to make sure I get the, the exact number. Oh, I'm there. 55, 60, 45, 47, 47. average. So there are longer odds just in general this week because we have like – just looking at the guys in that same range this time around, it's like a lot of the regular top teners. Well, and we didn't have well, as many... It's because points bet didn't do anyone. Points bet dropped off, actually did none of the, the road ringers. So points bet doesn't have a line for Ben Gisbergen. Brody Kostecki, Kamui Kobayashi, Mac Rockenfeller, Jensen Button. Did it have a button? No. So they just kind of decided they're not going to get caught with uh, with their pants down. And if you look at their saying. overall their overall betting average this week, it's only like fifty one to one on average. They only list thirty drivers, but the other books, the next closest book with the lower lowest lines, 
are like 185 to 1. So points bet's gotten pretty conservative over the last few Also, months. Jensen Button is there, 90 Button to 1. Is there? Yeah. Okay. But also, that's crazy because, like, points bet has them 90 to 1. A lot of them are 100 to 1. But then, why in the world is MGM? <laughs> Uh, 200 to, yeah, 200 to one. Dang. Well, they're relatively sure he's not going to win. He throws some long odds like that in there, especially for someone like Button, who's Mm -hmm. got a a reputation as a Formula One driver. And you get some people coming over just tossing bets because they're Formula One fans. Yeah. And the repeat of Shane, the same way that, I, gosh, it's it's really hard for me not to just like take every ringer in this race just because I want to see it happen, but I have to protect, I have to protect my lead. <laughs> I might have a little bit of wiggle room in this exact moment, but still. I think you should go for it. Thanks. I know you always support me. <laughs> uh-huh. No matter what. Yeah, it's... These two road courses also are, they're not the same. It's Indy is tight. There are a lot of the low speed corners where people without road racing skills but with a bumper can make a huge difference. You get to Watkins Glen, and that's the super speedway of road courses where NASCAR is concerned. Fast. You don't pull that crap at Watkins Glen or someone's going to get hurt badly. You also can't catch the competition in the corners quite as easily as you can at Indy Road. This race last year, quite frankly, was an embarrassment. I I, at the end of that race, I turned the TV off and said, man, I hope that was nobody's first race to to watch that. Also, the year before was bad. I remember like driving back from Knoxville the year before and listening to it on the radio. And was that the turtle year? That was the turtle year. So the year before it was bad, but that was because of the track officials and and NASCAR putting those turtle shaped bumps to protect to define the racing line, and they just they caught everyone. It looked like a game of Mario Kart out there. It did actually. Whenever I leave a rental car place and they've got those big walls that come up to keep you from just driving off with the rental car, I'm thinking. NASCAR could have easily just done that. Yeah. No, that would have Spike strips. Damn it. this a little interesting. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, so both of these races have not been good races. And this is probably going to be the last one. With the with uh, IndyCar announcing its move this weekend up to... What's the Wisconsin track? Road America. Road America, yeah. yeah. Uh, up to Road America, that pretty much opens the weekend to move back and become the crown jewel of the Brickyard 400 again, which some drivers are very loudly harping for, i.e. Denny Hamlin, even though he has better, <laughs> better track record on the road course than a lot of folks. I am not a huge fan of these road, uh, road oval hybrids. Yeah, we anyway. don't need two. Well, yes. We don't really need one. And then for a while we had three with Daytona Road tossed in there. Yeah. And Daytona Road with the 24 hours of Le Mans, there's at least a little bit of history there that goes with it. The Roval, I don't know, is interesting, but I would just as soon see road courses be road courses. Dirt tracks be dirt tracks. Go back to um, Bristol. We. I'd rather see that dirt race at either Eldora or Knoxville if they had infrastructure to support it, or 
Virginia Motor Speedway in uh, Jamaica. And then let the road courses be the road courses. And it doesn't help that these races have been just so horrible. Yeah. But that's my soapbox for the weekend anyway. Um, okay, so I'm going to coin flip. I'm going to coin you know throw. Since you've won every you coin toss, maybe we should just mix it up. <laughs> but go ahead. It's a loser mentality <laughs> if I've ever heard it. Literally throwing coins up in the air and somehow I'm not the one. <laughs> okay. Tails. Cats. Son of a gun. Shoot, okay, I so don't this even is want the first overall pick. I'm stressed. <laughs> well, you got it. <laughs> the fifth week in a row that you've won the coin toss. You know, it's pretty crazy. Why are his numbers so high? Quite frankly, I think I think there is a coin toss between the top two drivers, or the who I think are the top two drivers. And you know, I'm probably not going to pick either one of them. <laughs> there you go. So you're fine. Kostecki, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know. I know. I could save him for round two. <laughs> probably save him for round three. The way that. Um. I hate how low the odds are, but Reddick. Um. Really hot two years ago, one year ago on the road courses? Last year. Last year, yeah. Uh, which is pretty much what cemented his, his move uh, over to 2311 and everything that was going on there. Uh, ha it's The season's been going well for him. This He needs to make more noise before the playoffs start. I, I mean, you see the 45 running up front all the time, and there's just been small problems and small changes that need to be made. This is one of the tracks that he can... Um, Prove that on. What was his finish here last year? He won it last year? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was the last man standing. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chastain tried to get him there at the end by cutting the course. Not cutting the course, but driving down the... Chastain. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of rules that they had to make for one driver in one year. I don't recall them saying, I can't do this. I remember I remember at um, The Clash, I think they had Chastain and Bush in the same media group. And one of the questions to Chastain was like, what is it like to have like a rule written about you? He was like, first off, it's two. And Bush was just like, peewee stuff. <laughs> it was a good moment. Well, Daryl Waltrip's big line used to always be, I'd rather be a rule maker than a rule breaker. So, Yeah, that's good. Okay, you're first. And, and on the, the Reddit... At the moment, I've got Reddick seated second, and the only reason is because his last two road, cor road course races have not been all that great. Yeah, like one of them was a mechanical issue, so uh, you know, you, hard to say what would have happened. And he won at Coda, so definitely, they've definitely got him near the top, and I think he's definitely worth the worth the juice. The the juice is worth the squeeze. So I'm going to go traditional. He needs it. Probably for the next two weeks, I'll have Chase Elliott handicapped at the top of the order. He has lost some of his luster. He lost some of his luster last year with getting knocked out of the way at Indy Road Course and getting uh, banged around at the Charlotte Roval. Hasn't won since 21, 2021 in Road America. But he does have top five finishes in his last two starts. And he's motivated. The big X factor is he 
can't he won't be able to protect his back bumper so he's as prone to getting knocked out of the way as anyone else i think if you're your betting strategy should probably include, though, taking a, a modest bet on him for each of the next two races and realize that if he's going to win before the playoffs, this is when it's going to happen. I'm thinking. I know. It's just everyone that I, I want. I smell the smoke. Yeah. I've got to build such a stupid team out of <laughs> uh, No stats, just vibes. Um, SVG. I know, I know it's not, it's probably not going to happen. And also like the payout's not going to be great if it does. I mean, still better than the top. He's fourth overall. The fourth best consensus picks. And in some, on some of the books, he's As, got a lower line than Chase Elliott does. Yeah. 82 to one. Uh, but yeah. I mean, he, one to 82, what? Plus, plus, plus 820. Plus 820. So 821. Thank you. 821. A little bit more than 821. Yes, 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 yes. Um, plus 820 for SVG. There's like, I feel like he doesn't even have that much pressure on him because everyone knows it's going to be okay if he doesn't go. Like, no one expects the back-to-back -back win. And he just gets to go on and do exactly what he does again. Um, the... The pluses that he had at Chicago that you don't have here is street course racing and in racing in the rain. Two things that he knows extremely well from supercar that NASCAR never has to deal with. Chances are this is not a rain race. I have no idea why I said that out loud. Really? Why? And, they, and, they and also chances are it is. It's 17 out of 25 races so far this year. Um, but yeah, it, it, all... All of the stars probably will not align for another SVG victory, but if they do, I'm 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 happy enough to make the bet. And NASCAR has run a few wet races. I, I believe Watkins Glen last year was a wet race. Started off wet and, and then turned dry. So slowly, I think we can start to build up a database of um, how people uh, race. How in people the race in, in the wet. If NASCAR keeps the rules consistent, which we all know they don't, and not. That's not a dig on them. You've got to keep trying things to find what works. But it hurts with handicapping. It hurts with statistics when they when they throw things around like this. I think Van Gisbergen, one of us was going to take him before the. Well, he can't be a dark horse. Out. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So, do you realize the people that can be dark horses this week? The there is a. On wildcard tracks, you're going to see consistently lower odds than on other tracks because they know kind of anything can happen. It's Look at the odds for Daytona and Talladega, and they are uniformly lower in part. And look back at last year's Daytona, where I think, what, there were three cars running at the end, kind of, and Austin Dillon gets the win to get into the playoffs. So... Well, yeah, it's just, but like, Cindric Logano, Blaney Harvick, Bowman, Briscoe, Kislowski, pretend I didn't say Briscoe, Kislowski, like these are top 10 drivers <laughs> that are all like 45 uh, to 1 odds. 35. Um, you mean consistent picks? Yeah. 32. Logano's at 32. Okay, you said 45. I then, did, I did, I did. Because okay. I, there's a lot of 45s in there. Um, but 
Blaney's at 41. Harvick's at 55. Mm-hmm. So those are deep for, like, the main dudes. Part of that is the road ringers that, that are getting tossed in there. So I think that's thrown their formula off just a little bit. At some point, we need to find one of the lead traders in Las Vegas. I wonder if our buddy Brendan Gaughan could help us get someone there. He called me his buddy last time I was on the, the <laughs> last time I was on his show. So. Um, I saw the face. <laughs> like, okay, buddy. Um, your second pick. My second pick. I am going to go with, and I had no idea. I, I, by the way, if you any of you out there, if you want me to stop picking your driver, twenty bucks will do it. Uh, Buy no, me no, a couple it, of beers. No, it's just it's the top level in the Patreon page. Uh, there you <laughs> go. The top uh, top level, and then tell me who you never want me to pick again. With that said, Kyle Busch. <laughs> Kyle Busch has the longest active streak, road racing be. streak of top fives at the moment. It's rare that he screws up twice. Back to back. Last week, I think that was his mistake, obviously, that, that put him out. I've also seen Kyle Busch make up, what, four laps at Watkins Glen a few years ago. It's hard to keep him down. He hasn't had a win in quite some time. He has three road course wins, I believe, overall. But Kyle Busch, a little bit longer odds. We've got him at... Well, 820 in consensus odds, but his biggest odds are at MGM at 12 to 1. I think that's a decent pick. It is taking everything in me not to pick Busher as my third. <laughs> but that's exactly what I thought last week when I took Kez over him, and then I. It can't happen three weeks in a row. Also, 19 to 1 odds. <laughs> He's Busher's not going to fall into a dark horse category again for the rest of the year of those two wins. No, no. He's once they cemented. get burned, once they get burned, they get conservative. Okay, what is the actual reasonable pick as third overall before you go into dark horses? I mean, by the way, where have we drawn the line at dark 25 horses? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Okay. So McDowell. Oh wait, no, sorry. Uh, Cendric is the first one that can be picked. That's crazy. You can't pick McDowell as a dark horse. What is going on? <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. Right, so that's what I'm saying. Like, our Dark Horse, and it's, it, I might just pick two from the Dark Horse range. I think you might as well. Yeah. Um, no, of course you think I might as well. You want me to overthink this, <laughs> but. Okay, wait, I wanted to look at his stats one more time. Never mind, I want Busher. We're going three in a row. Old. I know. Probably stupid. And is there any rationale there other than... Oh, yes. I mean, look at his road course. It's like... It's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's a run of eight top tens. Only two top fives in that time. The best one being a second. Back at Sonoma. Uh, but, like, with the summer heater, he's proven himself on road courses. Going back... Over the last two years, worst finish of 18th. So it, I know this is like just top 10 running, but this was a Chris Busher who wasn't coming off of two wins. This is also a way to, to 
Sometimes you catch your bats. Yeah. Running in the top ten, like Hamlin last week. If those two got to messing around with one another in the front, you just got to put yourself in a position to win. Yeah. Which was Richard Petty's famous quote. Best thing you can do on a given day is put yourself in a position to win and circumstances will dictate the rest. There, I suppose, also there's a little more comparative value to Sonoma and Indy than there is to some of the other tracks. And both of his top fives in the last two years have come at Sonoma. So, yeah, okay. Decent pick. Yeah. Just a weird week. And it's really hard for me not just to take, you know, every every Aussie. <laughs> I, and with that... Oh, I thought you were going to... You know what? Take Brody. <laughs> have I'm, fun not, with I'm not going to pick Brody because the, he's so low. And because he's a... The Richard Childress program is not quite the same as the Trackhouse program or... The 2311 program. So... Oh. Then are we going that way? We're not going that way yet. yet. You do have for a Star Course pick. Oh, do I? Yeah, Uh you have back-to-back right now. Okay, then yes, we may be going that way. (laughs) But I'm going to take two Dark Horses. Austin Sendrick brings with him from Xfinity a great record on road courses. He's also in that boat where he needs a victory to win, so it means that they will roll the dice probably on strategies a little bit more, and if it works, it works. And his teammates don't need a win. Yeah, Legato and Blaney are both locked in, so this is the last Penske. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so at, at those things there, he's he's had some strong runs on road courses. It's a little erratic, but I think... Once you get past the top five, you might as well roll the dice and, and go for longer odds. And since I get the first dark horse pick, I'm going to go with Kamui Kobayashi. That You have to have one fun pick. Yes. It's, it's indie road course. There's not going to be a lot of fun outside of fun picks. Well, and with consensus odds of 71 to 1... uh, 2311's program has not gotten the same response, the same press, I think, that Trackhouse's did. But Trackhouse, who did they have at uh, Watkins Watkins Glen last year? Uh, Was it Iceman? No, that was Coda. No, it was him. Oh, they had him at both? Yeah. Okay. Name. Iceman. Kimmy, 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 Kimmy. Okay. <laughs> Roll back. We have we have seen some good runs in good programs from interlopers. Decent reasons to put him on there. We'll see how he does in practice and qualification. But at seventy one to to one, I think. What the heck? Just go for it. Whatever his top odds. His top odds are about eighty to one on three different books at DraftKings, MGM, and Bet Rivers. And maybe in searching for this piece, I'm realizing that I definitely should not go on the way that I think that I'm going to be going. Josh Balicki, Josh Balicki, Josh so, Balicki. <laughs> it'd be about as stupid of a move. Okay, fine. I'm not doing. I'm not doing what I was gonna do. Okay, now I gotta know what you're gonna do. <laughs> I can't just keep taking Roush Finway every single week. As long as they're running top ten, you can. I know. Okay, I know he has been accident prone and making mistakes 
most of this year and in this race last year. But I don't get the chance to take Blaney as a dark horse <laughs> ever. Fourth in the in the uh, inaugural running of this race, 26 last year. Road courses have not been it so far this year, but they're not horrible in general. Summer's been fine, except for very, very stupid, like pit lane mistakes, and it's probably a dumb one. This this week is this this week might be the great equalizer, um, and I'll go with Blaney. Second at Indy Road in the inaugural race. He also has that Coda win. Yeah. Of course, Jimmy helped him out there by... Jimmy Johnson wrecked, helped him out by wrecking Martin Truex Jr. But, I thought that one. But still a decent run there, so... How is that ones. the Coda that I didn't make it to? That seems not I'm fair. I'm sorry, did I say Coda? You Man, did. I, I, am, I am not doing very well. Uh, Charlotte Roble. Okay, that makes I mean, sense. I was mm -hmm. like, wait a minute. Yeah, I feel like that would have been a much bigger moment in my memory. But... Okay, and if you want to read the, uh, Dan's full top 10 picks, that is at BetQL. BetQL is a sports betting app that will take your online sports betting to the next level. See the latest odds, lines, sharp picks, public betting percentages, and more all in one place. BetQL allows you to create custom sports betting dashboards and save them for later. And just like Kyle Larson, we are going to move from the world of NASCAR back into the world of dirt, as this week is the... 62nd running of the Knoxville Nationals. Uh, so the first two preliminary nights have already happened. Actually, let's put a hold on that and go back to Monday night for the Cappy. Uh, for the Os wait, sorry, the Cappy and the and the Oski Front Road challenges are two different things, and I have the Front Road Challenge results in my mind. So on Monday was the Oskaloosa front row challenge in which everyone that can runs over from Knoxville to Oskaloosa and races for $21,000 in a one night only event. One of the best moments of this race is that there is a foot race to decide who starts on the pole. In this foot race, the resident Aussie of of the Word of Outlaw series, James McFadden, decided to do it shoeless, which seemed to be one of the most Australian things that I'd see that night, I was wrong. And uh, McFadden won the won the race by a toe. Um, he went on to, oh, sorry, won the, the foot race by, by a toe. He went on to win the, the race in general, got on top, did his ring stand, and did one of those absolutely disgusting shoeies. That's why he didn't want to run in the shoes, though. Oh. He was trying to keep them as pristine as possible, and he'd probably sweat, be sweating more if he was running. Sure, yeah, if it's, but driving a sprint car for 30 laps, much better. <laughs> he could have been doing that barefoot, too. Who, who are we to say? It's true. The safety crew is probably who's, who's to say there. But You know which form of racing you will never see people doing a, a foot race in? Late models. Late models. <laughs> I was like, I feel like I know where we're going with this. Uh, so Tuesday night was then the off night, and then Wednesday and Thursday were prelim nights one and two for the Knoxville Nationals. Uh, the field for Saturday is based off of uh, points the entire time, passing points, qualifications, finishes, 
So each night, a certain amount of drivers lock into the A main, a certain amount know that they'll be that they'll have to run through the hard knocks feature on Friday night. On Wednesday night, Donnie Schatz uh, wheeled himself to his first ever prelim victory at Knoxville. Go old guys. Go old guys. Uh, he has won the Knoxville Nationals 11 times, but has never won one of the two prelim nights. Uh, in that same race, Justin, Justin Peck on lap 17 collided with Sheldon Hoddenshield, sending Peck's sprint uh, flying throughout the air in one of the scariest crashes that we've seen at Knoxville in a while. Uh, well, I guess only since Carson Macedo's fireball crash there two months ago. But this Peck one was not a pretty sight. On night two, Carson Macedo won it. Uh, shit he wanted to win and won it for Jason Johnson on night two after starting in fourth place. Trying to think of... Uh, Kyle Larson has the pole on Saturday night due to points throughout the, the week so far, so that is definitely going to be a moment to watch. And uh, each night of Knoxville Nationals is about like 125, but if you buy the yearly pass at 360 now, it should let you still uh, use it as that, which is... a if on Dirt Vision. Vision, sorry, which feels like a steep price in the moment, but you know that you're just saving it throughout the year. If you pay for the monthly, it's like 55 60 a month, so the... No, it's not. It must be like 40 Anyways, the, the yearly pass is definitely worth it, and it's what you need to watch the Knoxville Nationals. And their archives are great. It's not just that you're getting every race that the World Racing Group does, or virtually all, or not sure if, it, if they go, if they have every midget race and every big block modified. But then you've got that massive archive of theirs. You can watch races from ten years ago. Yeah. So I think it's definitely it's definitely one of the best values. Uh, but again, so hard knocks is tonight. We'll see who can work their way into Saturday's feature. Uh, the granddaddy of them all. Uh, on my TikTok, I'm trying to share stories from the last time I went up to Knoxville, which was two years ago, the year that Kyle Larson won uh, over the next couple of days as a way to just deal with my own personal FOMO. It is also like 78 degrees in Knoxville, Iowa, and it's 104 here where I'm stuck in an outside tiki bar. So, you know, the, the vibes are off. <laughs> They're different. They're different. I want my cornfields and beer. They've upgraded the TV at two cans, haven't they? Or they've, they've changed yeah, it? Yes. So can yeah. you sling to it now? Uh, I can't sling to it. I did get it set up to the Wi-Fi yesterday. I've been doing this slowly so they don't catch me. And now I have to start downloading the apps because, like, Brian wants um, uh, me to start sneaking on Peacock for uh, motocross. So he gave me his login. He's like, do you think I don't have a Peacock login? Really? Like, who do you think? think I am, but thank you. Uh, I, I will try to, to see how I could use this password in other places. Um, but, and then uh, to try to see Knoxville on, well, I, I'm actually not, I won't be at two during Knoxville hours all weekend, so I, I don't need to do that. And I might get in trouble for having sprint cars on because I very much wouldn't be doing my job. That is true. Yeah. But they also wouldn't know that it was an app. Exactly. That's so. that's why I'm that's why I'm sneaking it on. So they won't see me switching between and so forth. Um, I actually I had like I not an app, but uh, Flow Racing's Dirt FS1 collaboration was on the other day, 
and I switched over from uh, the Little League's World Championship to that for a bit and got in trouble for that. It's like, can't, why are we watching 17, like 11 year olds play softball? <laughs> I know. There are many things I don't get that about this stupid them. bar. What? About I, I, I'm just not sure why we've got 11 year olds uh, playing Little League World Series and it's televised. Then again, CBS I think has a cornhole league. So yeah. Also, there, there are many things I don't understand. One of my favorite things at the bar yesterday during during that game, the cameraman missed like a, a pretty impressive um, catch. And one of the regulars, uh, Northerner, uh, started yelling at the cameraman. He's like, you get paid so much. How do you miss that? It's like, I'm sorry. Do you think the cameramen in Little League <laughs> are getting paid so much? <laughs> well, also, that they've got the point of reference to know which players to follow. <laughs> it's like whenever there's an Ironman competition and there's someone, there's a expert anal analyst talking about picking up these big rocks. It's like, where did they get this guy? And if I contradict myself, I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. It was only two episodes ago that we were talking about sitting in the the lesbian sports bar in San the Diego. bra, not San Diego, Portland. Portland, thank I've you. I've just done a lot of gay places this last month. <laughs> this is the third time now that I have flipped things in my head, flipped uh -huh. the places in my head. And we were sitting there trying to figure out the rules to flat track uh, roller derby. So, yeah. Also, I can't judge Dad too harshly right now. Yes, last night when I got home from work, I did ask what the 4th of July holiday in November was. That was my way of asking, what's Thanksgiving? <laughs> it took a moment, too, to, okay. to answer that question. First, to make sure I'd heard it. <laughs> yeah, and I said, like, it was tied in my head because they're very month-based holidays, which, yes, almost all but Easter are always in the same month. But also, it's, like, not a religious holiday. It's tied to date and not religious, 4th of July and Thanksgiving. They're, they're sister holidays in my head. For They're also my two favorite holidays, but they're sisters. Okay. But and President's fireworks. Day, Columbus Day, or uh, like Indigenous American Day, though. whatever we're calling it. Yeah. I guess Memorial Day, well, Memorial Day then is not. And anyway, it's just my, so both of our brains are broken from the Texas heat. Like, that is 100% what is happening here, and everyone has to give us a break. We also have to turn off the air conditioner while we do this podcast. So towards the end of the podcast, it's slowly warming up here. All right. Oh, there was one more thing I was going to say after your last mistake, though, that was on topic. But you derailed me with all of the mistakes. Hmm. Well, that's fun. It was not important. But, okay, anyways, we uh, I need to head to work. So if you want to keep up with us, our writing and the bus build, follow at Fantasy Race and at VictoriaB42 on Twitter, at The Lap Around America Project on Instagram, at ToriB42 on Instagram, at The Lap Around America, and at Leave It to Beave, L-E-A-V-I-T-T-O-B-E-A-V on TikTok. And our Patreon page, of course, is uh, The Lap Around America Project. Make sure to also download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple and Spotify, and we can't wait to talk to you next week.